Dr. Luis Sandoval is accomplished in the fields of mental health and spiritual warfare. A medical doctor, board certified in neurology, psychiatry, and family medicine, he is also a psychiatrist for the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange, Ministry of Healing and Deliverance. Now, Dr. Luis Sandoval. All right, well, welcome to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You are listening to the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Luis Sandoval here, happy to talk about our Catholic faith, our spiritual health, our physical health, and our mental health as well. Anybody who attended our deliverance conference a couple of weeks ago, hope you found it very fruitful, hope you found it very productive, and I found just a lot of good things came out of that, a lot of good themes that we talked about as well, uh, not just in the world of deliverance, but in the everyday world of what does it mean to be Catholic. Some of the conversations I was having with some of you guys in particular were about what does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to be masculine? What does it mean to be feminine? What does it mean to have masculine traits, feminine traits? What's the difference between that and being effeminate? Well, really, what's the role of a guy in society today? You know, for a lot of guys, it seems like there's confusion or mixed messages. But why don't we get into that in today's show? Here at the top of the noon hour, let's start with the Angelus first. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the word was made flesh, and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech thee, O Lord, that grace into our hearts, that we, to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection, through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke and we humbly pray and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl around the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, folks, today's show is titled, Gentlemen, Where Art Thou? Why? Because we wonder, where has the idea of a gentleman gone? You know, it's interesting. I was talking to some of the guys there at the conference, and uh, we got some, we got all different kinds of, of people showing up. But the, the men who were talking to me in particular, some were veterans, some were uh, just regular guys who hadn't been in the military before, some were uh, married, some were single, all different kinds of guys who we were discussing um topics of manhood and, and ideas of, of being manly. Some of the guys actually, you know, had been in jail before, had gone through the legal system and had different issues and, you know, now have reformed their lives, gotten their lives back together. And there's just different interesting perspectives on manhood, on what it means to be uh, strong versus weak, you know, tough, male, not male. <clears throat> it can get confusing in today's society. Um you know, it's interesting to see what the perspective on males are. On the one hand, you know, we are considered to be too rough, too tough, too toxic, as they say. Uh, on the other hand, a lot is expected of us. 
right? We're supposed to still be nurturing and, and caring. Uh, and we're supposed to be able to say that we're in control of our faculties and our emotions. That's And society tells us that clearly. And, and that's very true. We have to be. But the real question is, what does that mean for us? What does it mean? How do we define our manhood? And how do we decide what kind of man we want to be? Because ultimately, it's going to be a personal decision. Uh, we're already born as men. Uh, how we carry out our manhood, there's different ways to do it. But let's see what the church tells us. Let's see what we're supposed to do about this. One of the things that came out of the conference, of course, it was a deliverance conference. So people were talking about, gosh, how do I get rid of evil in my life? How do I get rid of evil influence? How do I get rid of uh, the idea of demons or anything along those lines? What I always tell guys is, you know, you know what the devil's really afraid of? He's really afraid of a, a guy who knows how to handle his masculinity. He's really afraid of somebody who understands what it means to be masculine and how to carry that out. And we'll talk about how, how that's going to look in today's society. So let's talk first about this idea of um, what it means to be a man and what are some of the stereotypes. So one of them is this idea of toxic masculinity. And what does, what does that mean in society? Really what, what that's telling us is that certain traits are not, uh, are not good. Uh, that, you know, having a man as a leader or people will say the patriarchy or having a man in charge of something is not good. Uh, no real reason why in particular they'll say, oh, a man is domineering or a man, uh, uh, you know, they have too much power or things along those lines. But I don't think we ever get beyond the surface of that conversation. I don't think we ever get beyond uh, anything that uh, would tell me, well, where's the danger? What exactly is rough? Now, Obviously, as men, we're built to have more muscle than women. We're built to be stronger in, in, in different ways. Uh, physically, in particular, is where we see those traits. How we use that, though, yeah, some guys are going to use that to be abusive. Some guys are going to use that to hurt people. Um, not all, but some will. <clears throat> and I think that that stands out because it's such a deviation from what's expected of men. And so it's, it's not surprising that people would call us out on that, and, and rightfully so. You know, we're supposed to be, in a way, nurturing, too. We're supposed to actually use our feminine traits. You know, and you're saying, well, wait a minute, Darcena, while you're talking about masculinity, what's this feminine trait stuff? Well, we can't forget that there are such things as feminine traits and masculine traits. That doesn't mean femininity and masculinity. It doesn't mean feminine and masculine. It's talking about different traits. And we both carry them. Men and women carry feminine and masculine traits. It does not mean that we are effeminate. Okay, so there's a big difference here. First, let's define what it means to be effeminate. Effeminate means to be unmanly. It means that you don't carry out your manhood. It means that you don't acknowledge even being a man. So a lot of times we hear and we worry, we say, you know, I've heard different priests, different bishops, different uh, Catholic thinkers who say, gosh, the priesthood is becoming very effeminate, or we're getting a lot of effeminate men around. And that's men who just kind of don't even recognize their manhood, uh, or who don't recognize that, yeah, I am a guy. I need to act like a guy. Um, and that's what it's going to be. It's guys who say, well, it's okay. It's kind of looks more like a pushover because then you're going to ask, ironically, for people saying, oh, be a man and things like that, you know, for as much as they say toxic masculinity, they still expect you to say, be a man. What does it mean to be a man? Well, let's take a look at that. It, it really means use your masculine traits uh, more than anything else. We don't use these terms as defined uh, or as well defined in society but let's let's first take a look at the feminine trait part so what are feminine traits things like empathy expressiveness 
honesty, love, kindness, nurturing. All these are really good words. <clears throat> There's no reason why a man cannot express empathy towards somebody else, right? Especially in the world of, of mental health. I got to do this all the time. I got to use a lot of feminine traits in mental health. I got to use a lot of empathy. I have to use a lot of kindness. I have to present with love towards my patients. I have to be nurturing, right? Because if somebody comes to me and they're in a position where they're hurting, they don't feel good, uh, they, they don't know exactly where to lead their lives, I have to be nurturing, right? So I also have to be expressive because as a psychiatrist, we talk, you know, we got to be able to use the right words. That's a feminine trait. It's well known that women are much better communicators than men in terms of the vocal uh, component in terms of the verbal component. It's well known that women prefer to read because they are much more verbal. They prefer to read and they learn better by reading. We as guys are much more visual creatures. I love, if I'm going to learn something, I love to look at a graph or, you know, I can, I do this all the time. My wife and I, as we're traveling, if we're looking at the map online or something along those lines, I got to look at the map. I got to look at the streets, the map, the different names on the streets, which way we're headed, which way is North and South. My wife likes a list of directions. She likes to read, turn left here, turn right here, and she can visualize it better that way. I don't like the list of directions. I like to look at the map, bring out the map, and, and it's much easier for me to find someplace. My wife says, I can't look at that map. It doesn't do me any good. She reads the list. It's, it's just the way that we're built. We're built differently. <clears throat> Does that mean that I can't use feminine traits, though, or what society considers feminine traits? As we read the, the list of the traits, I'll read them again. This is a pretty good article that I saw in Psychology Today. I'll put the link on the show. And, you know, it came down to these traits, empathy, expressiveness, honesty, love, kindness, and nurturing. Why not have these traits? Can a guy not have these traits? It's actually important to have these traits. Uh, why? Because this is how we breathe life into other people. This is how we get along with other people. This is how we make connections with other people. You know, the, the feminine traits, if we hear these traits, oh, it just makes me think of a mother. It makes me think of what do moms do for their kids? They're empathetic. You know, a kid's running around, he falls down, hurts his knee, scrapes it, or hurts his shoulder or something along those lines. And what's the mom do right away? You know, as a dad, I look and I see him fall down and I'm like, eh, he'll get up, right? It's okay. Shake it off. Isn't that what we tell guys? Or when guys are playing sports, classically, I always thought it was shocking, but when guys play professional sports and some guy can't keep going in the game, you know, playing basketball or something. He twisted his ankle. He broke his foot, something along those lines. You see him hobbling. But what's the expectation? The guy, the expectation among the guys is you get out there and play. The guy's got a broken bone. Yeah, that's his excuse, really. So what? You know, as guys, we don't even care. Your leg's falling off. And it's like, be a man. Because that's one of the traits. And we're going to talk about those manly traits. Uh, obviously, to the extreme, that's where it gets toxic. You know, if you're going to be a man to the point where you're mutilating your body, where you're hurting your bones, or you're, you know, you're already uh, fracturing yourself, you're going to get back out there and play. That's a little bit extreme. Then we got to reevaluate. You know, was it worth it? A lot of times, in prof especially professional sports, a a championship trophy was going to be worth it because, my goodness, you know, I broke my bone. I can never use my leg again. But we start seeing now, even in society now, these football players who played American tackle football, they come out the other end and they've got concussions. They're not doing quite as well. And some of them are saying, gosh, I would never let my kid play the sport because we have taken it to the extreme. But when it comes to our feminine traits, we've got to remember we have to be nurturing. We have to be uh, motherly in many ways because that's what makes me think of, well, what's a good dad or what's a good priest? We're going to talk more about these traits when we come back from the break.
All right. Well, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You are listening to the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show. In today's show, we're especially focused on the guys. What does it really mean to be a guy? What does it mean to be a male? What constitutes a strong male? And really, what constitutes the fullness of our masculinity in the eyes of God? Really, that's what it comes down to, you know, because we can listen to what the world says. We can listen to what the guys say in the locker room, you know, big talk, or we can see how we get along with each other. But at the end of the day, I'm going to be standing before that judgment seat of God, and he's going to tell me, Dr. Sandoval, I made you a man. What'd you do with it? And I'm going to have to say, well, I'm not sure. You know, I mean, it really all depends. We're talking about having different traits, masculine traits, feminine traits, very different from being manly or, you know, or, or a woman, uh, having these traits is actually important. I think that we don't do it justice by defining them as feminine traits or masculine traits, because we all of a sudden uh, in our minds think, oh, that's being a guy or that's being a girl and I can only be a man, so I can't have feminine traits. What it really, what we should really say is having uh, more nurturing traits, uh, which all men should have, versus having more Maybe adventurous traits or daring traits, and we're going to talk about some of the masculine traits right now. But it's important for men and women to have both of these traits because this is what helps us move forward in society. So when we were looking at the feminine traits, especially for a guy, you know, a lot of times in, in therapy, especially guys will come to me and I say, you know, back in, the, <laughs> in the, a few years ago, a few decades ago, they used to say, you got to get in touch with your feminine side. And we really what that meant was you got to get in touch with that side of you that's nurturing right? So these traits of empathy, expressiveness, honesty, love, kindness, nurturing. What I think of when I hear those traits is, boy, I hope that that's what my priest has, especially if I'm going to confession to him. I hope that he's empathetic. I hope that he's not going to yell at me. hope that he's expressive because expressive in terms of, imagine you go to a therapist, you go to a priest, you go to somebody and you tell them what your concerns are, your worries are, and all they do is look at you and say, okay, you know, like, why well, just divulge a whole lot of information to you? You want to give me a little bit back? Now, we can be ex- to the extreme because sometimes people will talk about their emotions or feelings. They'll come to me and I'll say, give them some advice. And I'll say, no, that's about it. And they're like, no, I need to hear more. And they, and they just need to hear more so that they can feel themselves, you know, uh, being nurtured. And they, they don't have to do it for themselves at a certain point. So we don't want to go to the extremes on any of these traits because then that would be a toxic femininity. Right. To the point where, oh, my goodness, I can't move forward in life unless I talk to this person because they're going to feed me with information. That's not healthy either. There's got to be that healthy balance. But boy, if I go to a priest, I hope he's honest with me, too. You know, or if I go to a therapist or a doctor, I want them to be honest. I don't want them to hide anything. Honesty is part of these feminine traits. Do I want them to show love and kindness and nurturing? Sure, because I need to be built up so I can get back into that battle where I'm going to use my masculine traits, right? So we need a a healthy balance of both. So the feminine traits really just means nurturing traits, empathetic traits, uh, being able to connect with a a person on an emotional level. Let's talk about the masculine traits. What is it that we need to do as men, uh, as in terms of what does this masculinity mean for us? I always think back to when they say masculine traits, I think back to the old classic Hollywood movies uh, from that classic bygone era, or they used to say it was a strong, silent type, right? You got your Cary Grants, your Gary Coopers, your Bill Holdens. And when they came out on the on the screen and they came out in these movies, you know, there were these strong, silent types. There was a little bit of a mystique about them. They came in, they thought things through, and they acted. You know, they needed to, to act. They needed to be in motion. They needed to do something. 
the interesting thing is for them, that's what the script told them to do, right? We're watching a movie. We're seeing how they carry things out. But that's that's what the script told them to do because they're going to carry this out in their lives. They're going to, or in in this in this particular scene in the movie, they're going to be the strong, silent type. You think of the John Waynes who come in all super masculine, right? And you know things go their way, or or they're able to accomplish their goals. But that's what's in the script. I think it's a lot harder to do in life where there is no true script. There is no, there's nothing that we're reading and we're saying, oh, now I'm supposed to do this. Now I'm supposed to do that. We really are supposed to evaluate the situation you know, ad hoc, just in the moment, we're supposed to just be there and say, okay, this is what the situation is. What do I do about it? Uh, it's kind of like I tell my kids, you got to assess and address your situation, right? Assess a, 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 and adjust. So I tell them, okay, assess the situation, what's going on, address it, and now adjust to what the situation is. Um, and that's kind of what we do on the fly as men. But what are some masculine traits that we take with us? So we've got the nurturing side. The masculine traits, I found this really nice article. And it was, it's an interesting one because it says kind of what separates men from the boys, right? Because that's the other thing. When we say, hey, be a man, you can't be a little boy. We also understand that it can be demeaning. But if you take a step back and look at it, that can also mean there's a maturing that takes place in order to be a man, right? So how am I going to be a man? There's got to be a, a maturing that takes place. The first, there's this article is kind of cool. It says nine traits that separate the men from the boys, right? And the first one was, it says, men are men dare greatly right versus boys settle for the status quo what does that mean that means men are willing to take on a challenge that's a masculine trait right you got a challenge bring it on let's see what i can do challenge myself push my push myself to the limit a little bit <clears throat> we'd love to do that and and it's very positive in many ways i was talking about sports a little bit earlier and isn't that what we do as guys we say oh you think you can do that let me see if i can do that and then top it i'm gonna keep we're gonna keep trying to top each other that's not necessarily a bad thing this is how great things happen in society. How do I make a better home? How do I become more efficient uh, in terms of creating more efficient electricity or a better way to insulate my house or a faster car or all these things that we can produce, you know, a more efficient airplane? Why is that? Because we're always trying to challenge ourselves. Imagine if we just stayed with, you know what, this is good enough. We'd never have cars. We'd never have the technology that we have. Do we want to take that to the extreme, though? No, we've got to have that balance. We got to know what, you know how far we take it. In today's society, if we're going to take this masculine trait of hey, go daring, people are trying to do a whole lot of things with artificial intelligence now, and there's uh, people are really scared. What does that mean? Is it going to put people out of jobs? How far is this artificial intelligence going to go? Is it going to think for itself? Are there limits to how much we need to challenge ourselves? And that's where that blend of the masculine trait is going to tell me, hey, keep going, keep challenging yourself. It doesn't matter what the consequences are. I better put on the brakes with my feminine traits and realize, is this going to be helpful for everybody? Is this going to hurt anybody in the process? Just because I can do it, does that mean that I should? And that's one of those things, that's where truly being a man, shall we say, from a masculine perspective, is saying, hey, I've got all this power, but there's going to be a responsibility that comes with it. I think that's a comic book or something, huh? power, responsibility. There's a lot of power, but now I need to understand how is this going to affect the greater good? I got to think of that feminine trait side of how is this going to nurture society while I'm driving that masculine side of, hey, you know, let's get better. Let's let's make things better. Let's improve things for society. Another trait it said that men embrace the pain of growth while boys pursue comfort. This is very, very true. Very masculine trait is to say, hey, you know what? This is going to hurt. What I'm going to do, it's going to be painful, but 
I know that I can't stay in this comfortable space. That's true on different levels. We can think of it just from a physical pain perspective. Uh, we can say, you know, it's going to be painful to, as uh, we always go back to sports. I love sports. I always go back to sports. And I think no pain, no gain, right? You're in the weight room and they're saying, hey, you got to lift more. You got you to gotta get stronger. How much do you bench? We, you know, we're always comparing that. And we say no pain, no gain. Why? Because it's going to be a little bit painful to lift heavier things. But if you want to get stronger, you got to get there not to the point where you're going to hurt yourself again. This is where we don't want to take that masculinity. You know, the guys at the conference were asking me, you know, I really want to be tough. I want to do this. I want to do that. In a deliverance conference, we're thinking about it from a deliverance perspective. I want to be tough against the devil. But we forget that there's different levels of toughness. I use the gym example, of course, because it's easy to see that physical side. But let's not forget, what does it mean to be spiritually strong? A lot of times we think, oh, it means that I'm going to do deliverance, deliverance prayers and all these things. No, this is where we got to get that fine blend of what it means to be spiritually strong. The pain of growth of spirituality, you know, what's painful in spirituality. You know, what's really, really painful, just like in the gym. But spiritually speaking is praying. How many guys actually sit down and pray? We talk a whole lot about, hey, I'm going to wear my medals. Hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to look tough. I'm going to look strong. I'm going to look like I can take on a lot of pain, right? I'm going to wear these t-shirts that have all these sayings on them um, because I'm going to label myself. That's actually a little bit more on the feminine trait side to have a t-shirt with a saying on it. Think about it as verbal. I'm going to tell the world what I'm doing. The masculine part is the action part. To actually kneel and pray is very, very masculine because you're actually doing an activity. You're going on inside of yourself and it's a very, very challenging, difficult activity. It is hard. Guess who has a great way of, of using their masculine traits and doing that is women. How many times do we see a lot of women, especially, you know, the classic is the older lady who's in the church praying her rosary. She's battling hard out there. She's not looking for praise. She's actually taking action. She's doing it. That's a very masculine trait that I would dare say women sometimes are better at than even us guys, because we see it as we see it as kind of a sissy kind of thing. Oh, you're going to pray the rosary. You know, you're going to pray how Mary's you're praying to, to your mom. <clears throat> we forget there's a fruit to that, right? It's really hard to do. It's not easy to pray. It's it's easy to talk about praying. That's a very feminine trait that guys, you know, we love to have. I'll talk, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Okay, now do it, right? Back up your words, you know, put your money where your mouth is, as people say, you know, go ahead and sit down and pray. Do you actually do that? Sit down and pray for half an hour, go away from the world and move in that direction. It's not comfortable, but the spiritual strength you're going to gain from that is huge just like hitting the gym, but it's really hard to do. So that's another masculine trait we need to consider, you know, having that challenge of saying, yeah, I'm going to challenge myself. Um, the next trait is men are masters of their bodies. Boys are slave to them. I really like this one because I've got a whole lot of guys coming to me all the time saying, hey, doc, I've got this problem with pornography. I've got this problem where uh, I've got self-abuse going on, and that can be really challenging. I've got this problem because I don't know how to control my sexual desires, uh, that, that primitive drive. I don't know how to do it. As a man, it might sound silly, but society is going to tell you very mixed messages. On the one hand, hey, you know, you got to be out there, be a man and try to hook up with as many people as possible. On the other hand, well, you better put the brakes on that completely and not even have a reaction to a woman at all. There's, that's not healthy on either side because it's not realistic, right? How do we master our bodies? We have to understand them, first of all. This is how my body works. My body will naturally be attracted to women. My body will naturally be attracted to the feminine form because God made it that way. And that's good. It's actually really good because otherwise, how am I going to get married? If I weren't attracted to, to women, there's not going to be a, a sense of marriage, procreation, families moving forward. But I have to know how to master 
my body. Meaning I have to know when it's the appropriate time. Am I married? No, then I better master my body. Guess what? We think, oh man, if I if I if I'm chaste, if I'm abstinent, if I if I'm not having engaging in in you know into physical intimacy with women when I'm dating, they're going to be turned off by it. And some women in today's society might actually be turned off by it. But the reality is, if you want to marry a nice Catholic girl, if you want you know for the young guys, if you want to date, what they're not going to tell you is that the stronger you are, even if they try to challenge you. You know, even if women are trying, sometimes women are the aggressor in that area, and sometimes they're the ones trying to be even more flirtatious than the guy. But if they see that you're unmovable, while you still care about them, while you still love, you're going to be that much more attractive. They don't tell you that part, but that's the reality. They're going to say, wow, this guy's really strong. And in fact, they're going to say, what, don't you like me or something? What's going on? And you say, no, I like you a lot. But I also know that I want to move forward in this direction. I want to be pure. I want to be chaste. And I'm not going to fall into my passions. I'm going to wait till the right time and make sure we're right for each other. What they might not tell you, it might sound weak. You know, that's using the, the, the masculine trait of mastering your body. What they're not going to tell you is that's going to be really attractive. They're going to say, wow, if he can master that, if he can be strong in this area, I can only imagine what other areas he's strong in. It's about that masculine strength. More masculine traits when we come back from the brain. All right, well, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You are listening to the Dr. Louis Sandoval Show. Today, we are talking about what does it mean to be a man? You know, it's such a deep question. I'm not going to say that we have all the answers, but it's important to talk about and touch on some of the topics. What does it mean to be a man? Because we're really more a question of what does it mean to be human? And God made us men and women. And if I got assigned to the male uh, portion of humanity, how am I supposed to carry that out? What am I supposed to do with that? Because along with it comes physical traits, spiritual traits, mental traits, emotional traits. We have all these things that we need to think about. And really, more than anything else, how do we carry that out? For the break, we were talking about what are some of the masculine traits uh, that we want to encourage, that we want to think about, and what differentiates the men from the boys. It was kind of a cool article that I found that uh, made me think. Uh, in terms of, yeah, this, you know, I'm raising my own son and for any guy who's raising a son, sometimes we think about how do I raise him? How do I raise him to be a man? I know I'm not perfect as a man and yet I'm supposed to be this model of a man. It's interesting because when I had girls, when I, you know, is having a son, it's kind of like, yeah, I got to raise a man and I got to figure that out and teach him what I know. It's really humanity is an apprenticeship, right? We care, we, we pass on what we learned as human beings going through life. When I had a, uh, when I had daughters though, I realized I got to raise myself up because I've got, I'm going to be the example of what it means to be a man and potentially what they're looking for in a man in the future uh, when they want to get married. Uh, and that's pretty tough. That's a, that's a challenging place to be. I got to raise myself up to be a much better man, to be a much better example uh, in order for them to hopefully make good choices for themselves. It's a challenging world out there. But let's get back to these masculine traits. So, Another masculine trait, and this is very important, anybody who was at the Deliverance Conference, and if you weren't there, I encourage you to go ahead and sign up and get the audio. Uh, you can go to our website, virginmostpowerfulradio.org. You can get the audio uh, component of the conference, and you know, you, you're going to listen to different things. But Kyle Clement gave a great talk on responding versus reacting to things, and especially for men. You know, this is where it comes to, are we responding to our emotions or are we reacting to them? You know, I talked a little bit about the strong, silent type. And one of the unfortunate things that comes out of that stereotype is that men don't have emotions. They're strong, they're silent, and there's no emotion involved. 
you know, <clears throat> but the reality is that we have emotions just like anybody else. The question is, what do we do with them? And what's the difference between responding and reacting to our emotions? You know, back in the day, they used to say, boys don't cry, which really meant, really meant that, you know, sadly, men do cry. I hope you do cry. I hope that you're able to cry because it's a very normal emotion. The question is, are you able to control it? Are you able to uh, know when the appropriate time is to cry and when the appropriate time is to say, I got to get through this before I have a good cry? You know, men experience joy and sadness and loneliness and love and fear and all these things. Absolutely, we do. But what's the difference between reacting and responding to the emotions? If I react to the emotions, that means that the emotions are in control. You know, that, that's what, you know, little boys do we, before, or little girls too, before we mature and we get older, we just react. Something doesn't feel good, I lash back, I lash out. Versus responding means I've already assessed the situation. I understand that I'm going to respond emotionally to it, but I'm not going to let that be the driving force of what I do. I'm going to respond to the situation, meaning that I see what it is, I see how I feel, but I've already anticipated this. Why? Because I've thought about it, because I've decided this is in case this happens, this is what I'm going to do. You know, I've already mapped out uh, different situations in my mind. I've already anticipated that things might not get good. It's kind of like being in the military. You know, you're on a mission. You anticipate what the mission is going to do, but you also see the pitfalls and you're, you know what you're supposed to do. But you know that there's going to be times where you might lose a man or two from your troop. And what do you do? Do you stop and cry about it or do you realize, hey, I've got to assess the situation, adjust to it and move forward? You know, really, that's what it comes down to. You can't always uh, uh, predict everything that's going to happen, but you got to be ready to say, I might experience frustration. I might experience anger. And when I do experience that, what am I going to do? That's responding to my emotions. I'm not going to react because when I react, I've already lost. I've already lost the game. And that's true. That's true also in, in the world of deliverance. You know, a lot of times um, this whole reaction part, a lot of people at the conference, when we were talking, they're just reacting to the moment. Oh my goodness. I think I'm listening to, I'm hearing, you know, the devil's voices. Oh my gosh. I think that they're, the demons are moving me in a certain direction. Oh my goodness. I think that this is, and I'm saying, all you're doing is reacting to the moment versus responding to it. How do I know the difference? Because the difference is this, if I'm responding to it versus reacting to it, it means that my mindset is on God, trying to get closer to God, not fighting the demons. And so as I'm trying to get closer to God, I'm aware that I might get tempted. I'm aware that I might get weird dreams. I'm aware that there's different ways I'm going to be attacked. But what am I going to do about that? If I react to it, I'm going to be scared. I'm going to start looking for all my medals and I'm going to start, you know, scrounging through my, through my deliverance prayers and not knowing what to do. And then fear sets in. If I respond to it, it means... Well, I'm already praying. I realize this is happening. I need to assess the situation. Is there anything I need to change in my life? Is are, Do I already have my prayers ready to go? Can I just pick up my book and start praying? Can I go read the life of a saint? Can I think of a funny joke? Can I try to lead a normal life? And realize that this stuff is on the side. That's really the response versus just an impulsive reaction. And that's the masculine trait, to be able to respond, to be able to carry those emotions so that they're not controlling us. The next trait, it said, men are professionals and boys are amateurs. I like that because professional, what is it? Professionalism means that you've already tried something over and over and you've moved forward. An amateur is somebody who's kind of bumbling about, right? Boys are amateurs. Before we mature, 
we're, we're trying different things. We're, we're, you know, experiencing uh, different ways of being. We're, we're going to go on trips. We're going to go on uh, new, new places. We're not going to know what to do with it. What's the difference between that and a professional? A professional is somebody who's been an amateur over and over and over and is not afraid to fail and is not afraid to move forward and has tried things um, different ways. And they're, they're not afraid to do what they got to do to get to be a professional. Really, when we think professionals, we think, oh, you have a, a job, you have a professional job, you have something along those lines. But really what that means is I think it embodies kind of the gentleman uh ideal you know he's, he's very much a professional meaning i know i have a job to do i know that this isn't my first rodeo and i'm going to go do it i know it's going to be hard i know it's going to uh, entail many different things right but being professional means as as i do this job i'm going to know how to carry myself i'm going to know how to uh, talk to people i'm going to know how to address others and i'm going to realize that in the midst of the pitfalls i'm again it kind of goes back to controlling the emotions while carrying out my mission that's really what it comes down to. I'm not going to go complain to people about how hard life is necessarily. So there's all different things with being professional and how we carry ourselves. Um, you know, I, I do the, the job without letting the emotions control me, but I know that they're there. And that's really the important part. Here's another one that I thought was interesting. It says, men are self-reliant, boys seek external approval. Well, I wouldn't necessarily agree with this one in, in, as a whole if you just read it. Um, self-reliant is, is really good. I, I, it is good to be self-reliant. You don't want to be to the extreme where, I understand what it's saying, you don't want to be to the extreme though where you're so self-reliant that you don't even consider the people around you, you know. You also don't want to be waiting for approval before you make your next move. I think there's that healthy balance of being self-reliant, but being aware that what I'm doing is going to affect people around me. If I'm just 100% self-reliant and don't discuss things with my wife, that could be a problem, right? Because all of a sudden I'm just going to be taking action, doing things, and my wife's going to say, hey, you didn't ask me about that, or you didn't, did you think about the kids, or... No, I'm, I'm very self-reliant. We don't want to go to that extreme, right? But we do want to be able to say, no, I'm going to take care of what I got to take care of. Because my wife could also say, hey, what about this? Or what about that? How come you're not doing this? Or how come you're not doing that? And I say, well, because that's just not on my agenda. Self-reliance good. Taking care of what I need to take care of is good. But being aware, not seeking necessarily my wife's approval, but we got to be on the same page. I got to check in with her, make sure that things are on the up and up. And that as I'm doing my self-reliant stuff, Everything else in the family is taken care of. Her emotions are taken care of. The kids' emotions are taken care of. These are all things that are important in terms of being masculine, not just being self-absorbed, but being aware of others as well. The next one says, men respect the feminine, boys demean or defy. And this is important to consider. Men respect the feminine. Notice it doesn't say men worship the feminine. In today's society, a lot of times, some of the people I speak to, some of the women I speak to, uh, they want to be worshipped, really is what it comes down to. There, there's this whole idea of, you know, women are strong and women are going to take over the world. And there's, you know, people keep saying that, this, uh, you know, women should be in all these positions of power and all these things. And, I, hey, I'm all for it. I'm all for anybody who's got the qualifications for a job should be in whatever position they want to be in. Uh, they've proven, they've studied the the situation, they've got the degrees, they've got the experience, they've got the talent. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, it's, let's get the job done. Notice that my saying that, that's a masculine trait. Saying, hey, the job's got to be done. Who's the most qualified person to do the job? That's very, very masculine because there's no emotion involved. There's no sense of, well, we should give it to this person because they've never done it before. Well, gosh, if they've never done it before, then maybe we shouldn't give it to them. Maybe we should train them. Right. That's the masculinity coming in. 
um, with the idea of the feminine, hey, once a person, who, whoever is trained, whoever has that experience, whoever wants to be in that job, let's nurture them in that job. Let's do that feminine part of nurturing them while they are professionally in that job. It's got to be that fine balance. But men respect the feminine, absolutely. Which also means that not only do they respect the feminine in terms of um, understanding that women can be strong, that women can do everything, but understand that women aren't perfect either. And that goes both ways, right? For women, they, my wife will always tell me when I'm not perfect, that's not a problem. But I got to respect and understand that, you know, she's not perfect either, but is that what I'm going to focus on? No, I'm going to build her up in her strengths and help her in her weaknesses, which I hope she does the same for me, right? And that's really what that comes down to. I'm going to respect the feminine and respect that feminine has strengths and they're going to have weaknesses just like masculine. That's where I got to respect my own masculinity to realize I do have strengths and I am going to have weaknesses, but am I willing to work on the weaknesses? If all we focus on is pointing fingers and, you know, saying this is where you're weak, this is where I'm weak. We're never going to move forward, right? That would be a very uh, effeminate type. And notice I didn't say feminine trait. That would be effeminate, meaning getting rid of any masculine type trait. And all of a sudden you're stuck with, let's just look at all the failures. Masculine trait, though, trait not of men, but of men and women, this trait would be, hey, let's get better. Let's improve. Remember, we said that before. So respecting each other and saying, hey, there's ways we can get better. That's that's the best of all worlds, right? So we're going to respect the feminine as guys. We're not going to demean or defy it. We're not going to say, hey, let's focus on what makes you weak. Well, these are some great traits. There's a couple more traits um, to consider in this article. I'll let you guys read that. But when we come back from the break, what I really want to focus on is we've been talking about masculinity, femininity, kind of what does that mean? What are masculine traits, feminine traits? We're going to come back from the break. Let's see it in action. What does that mean for us guys to see these traits in action and to really be a guy as a whole? More when we come back from the break. All right, folks. Well, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You are listening to the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show. Today's show so far, we've talked about questions on what does be a man what are some of the masculine traits feminine traits that we carry and i would dare say nurturing traits and uh maybe traits of, of strength or challenge uh that we carry how do we balance that out it's great to talk about the traits but then we got to see them in action well let's go ahead and see them in action one of the greatest models we have as catholic men uh is saint joseph right because we always say he's probably the most manly of the manly of saints why he had to take on a family he was the one who was chosen by God to help lead, guide, care for, protect Our Lady and Jesus. I think that's a big task, and I don't think God would leave that task just to anybody, right? There had to have been something very special about St. Joseph for him to have this task assigned to, to him. Um, and for us men, how do we live up to that model? What, how do we become a little bit of a St. Joseph in our own family, in our own lives? Uh, what is it that we're called to do? Well, if we're going to look at him as the model of manhood in the Bible, let's take a look at how his story started. Because let's remember, one of the, he's such a fascinating character in that he never says a word in the Bible. And yet we consider him the epitome of, of manliness, right? We can say, well, he's like the ultimate strong and silent type. He's strong and silent, but does that mean that he doesn't have the nurturing traits? Does that mean that he doesn't have the emotional traits? No, it means that he knew how to assess a situation and maneuver through that situation, but not of his own accord. Notice that sometimes we think, oh, these masculine traits, how am I going to do this? That's where we start to fail. 
how do I carry out these trades? How do I do this? I got to find my masculine traits. I got to do this. There's a whole lot of I going on there. And that's really not what it comes down to for us guys, believe it or not. Here's what it comes down to. What is it that God wants from me? Right? That's what it comes down to. What is God calling me to do? So before we even consider St. Joseph, shall we say, let's look at what it is that uh, God did for us in the Bible. Right? If we go look at Genesis 2, let's look at the story of creation. When God made man, this is before even St. Joseph, what was the purpose of man? Right? If you look at it, God gave us an eternal mission to begin with. You know, any man in general, when God makes a man, he made Adam. Really, he what, what, the directive he gave Adam was for all men, not just for Adam in particular. And let's look at Genesis 2. This is from chapter, chapter 2, verse 15. It says, The Lord God then took the man and settled him in the Garden of Eden to cultivate and care for it. The Lord God gave the man this order. You are free to eat from any of the trees of the garden, except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. From that tree you shall not eat. When you eat from it, you shall die. So he gave him directive. He told him to eat of the tree. Before this, and I can't find the quote now. I had it here before, sorry. But he had told him to have dominion over the animals, to be in charge and take care of and keep the garden, right? <clears throat> he said, this is what I need you to do for me. You need to keep the garden. You can't eat of this uh, tree, you got to be careful. There's some pitfalls out there. You want to be aware of that. And if we look at Genesis chapter 2, he let Adam know this before Eve was even created. God didn't give Eve this directive. That's where, where does the Catholic idea of, you know, the man is the head of the family. The man uh, needs to move forward. The man needs to make sure that he knows how to lead the family. This is where it comes from. The idea that God gave Adam this directive before telling Eve means that, hey, you're in charge of this. And not only are you in charge of this, you're in charge of letting Eve know about this. This is why when they had the fall in the garden, what's the first thing God did? He didn't say, where's Eve? Why did you eat the apple? He said, Adam, where are you? I gave you the directive to take care of your family. I told you that this is the commandment. Why isn't it being carried out well? This is the challenging part with having the authority as, as the head of the family of the man. It doesn't mean that you have the power. It means you have the responsibility. And God's going to call us on responsibility. I'd rather have, you know, in, in today's world, it's great to have all the power and no responsibility but that's not that's not the way it goes for men god's going to say hey you're going to be responsible i'm going to give you the directive you're going to have the responsibility of carrying out a good family how's that going to look because at the end of the day i'm going to call you and say hey you were the head of your family what'd you do about it how your kids turn out how's your wife doing what's going on i'm giving you the directive you're the one who needs to lead this family that's pretty impressive that's pretty powerful you know when we look at that fast forward now to saint joseph how did saint joseph carry it out adam got scared you know god calls him out what happened well eve made me eat of the apple and you know the woman did it so he's not taking that personal responsibility for himself what does saint joseph do let's look at this <clears throat> saint joseph this is from the the gospel of matthew starting around chapter well chapter one verse 18 is this is where saint joseph is introduced to the idea that he and our lady are going to have a child but really our lady's going to have the child it says now this is how the birth of jesus christ came about when his mother mary was betrothed to joseph but before they lived together she was found with child through the holy spirit joseph her husband since he was a righteous man yet unwilling to expose her to shame, decided to divorce her quietly. Such was his intention when, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said. Now, before we get into what the angel said, 
let's look at where St. Joseph is because we're saying, okay, he's my model of masculinity. Well, at this point, St. Joseph, all he knows is he's married to Our Lady. He's betrothed. This is it. They're supposed to get married. And, you know, for guys, gosh, when we're in love, imagine Our Lady's characteristics, what she must have been like, and to realize that this is who I get to marry. This is going to be my wife. She's perfect in every way. Ultimate humility, ultimate kindness, ultimate love, not a bad bone in her body. What guy does not dream of having a woman like that? You know, she's kind. She's serviceable she's there she's there for the family she's there to follow god's will is really what it comes down to and not think about herself what guy doesn't want that it's no different than you know what woman doesn't want a guy who's not thinking about himself and puts the family first right this is a treasure i mean think about it our lady this is who saint joseph was was uh, betrothed to doesn't get better than that for him in terms of i'm going to form a family well all of a sudden he thinks that this is the most perfect woman imagine you've got your girlfriend you know we're all we've all we're married or dating or whatever we've got our girlfriend we faithfulness is a big deal right are we loyal to each other for a guy if a woman betrays him boy it's heart-wrenching we never say that but it's heart-wrenching because what would you do if you found out that your girlfriend who you both have promised to be chaste with each other you both have promised that you love each other and that you're just there for each other all of a sudden you find out guess what buddy she's pregnant are you going to sit there and think well gosh is this her fault is this no as a guy, you're going to be like, who's this guy? What the heck happened? I thought we were in it together. I've just been bamboozled, and I, now I'm humiliated. What am I going to do about this? Most guys are not going to have that masculine uh, ideal of, well, let me control my emotions, right? If I just feel like I got cheated on, let me control my emotions. St. Joseph, what did he do? He was a righteous man. In the Bible, that means that he was following the law of Moses at the time. And what was supposed to happen if somebody you know betrayed you there was adultery he said she he was unwilling to expose her for shame because really the law was that she was supposed to be stoned at that point she was supposed to be stoned to death but he's a righteous man he said i'm going to follow the law but he also understood something this is where the masculine part is he's not going to put her to shame he had control of his emotions he was more of an adam in that sense or the directive that adam was given to take care of the garden he's like i'm going to take care of this but somehow she should not die he decided to divorce her quietly this is where the strong silent type comes in. This is where St. Joseph was in charge of his emotions is really what it comes down to. He just got cheated on, technically speaking, in, in his mind. Doesn't exactly know what's going on. But he's going to do this in such a way that he's not going to get out there and talk about how hurt he is, how his emotions are bruised, how you know his masculinity has been insulted. He's going to walk away quietly. He's not going to expose her. And he's going he's gonna to say, hey, you know what? Didn't work out. Man, this has got to hurt. My, I'm all disillusioned now. But I'm going to move away and I'm going to do this in a way so that the least amount of damage happens here. She's going to walk away. That was his intention. But then the angel appeared to him. And this is what the angel said. He said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home. For it is through the Holy Spirit that this child has been conceived in her. She will bear a son and you will name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Right. So what is important about what the angel said to him? Do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home, for it is through the Holy Spirit that this child has been conceived in her. There's different schools of thoughts in this. Some people say, no, St. Joseph didn't feel like he was cheated on. He could tell the magnanimity of Our Lady and how special she was and how she was betrothed. He could tell that this was truly the Christ child. I don't think so. And this is why, because if he could already tell all that, 
how not the angel would have used these words one he said don't be afraid as he tells everybody he said don't be afraid to take her in there could be consequences of that some people say oh he was afraid because he didn't feel himself worthy to you know be the the father to to uh jesus <clears throat> you know there's different schools of thought but here's the key for me he, the angel had to specify to him for it is through the holy spirit that this child has been conceived in her he had to reassure him because why as a guy he's using his logic he might also think why would you know god ever put me in charge of, of his son it doesn't make sense right but the angel reassured him and said hey she didn't do anything wrong this is through the holy spirit this is where god uh intended and this is where saint joseph had to use very much a masculine trait he had to take on the challenge put his feelings inside and say this is probably true okay i got to make a decision here based on faith talk about the challenge there based on faith he's saying hey okay this is the family that god wants me to have i've got a protector i had to have a whole lot of trust that this was truly the holy spirit and not another guy that's a big deal there this is where i'm saying St. Joseph didn't say, what do I need to do? He's saying, what does God want me to do? St. Joseph turns to God first. He gets his dream, and he has to trust through faith that it was God who uh, sent him this mission and sent him this angel in the dream, too. What does it say then? It says, when Joseph awoke, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took his wife into his home. He didn't cry about it. He didn't overthink it. He didn't have to go talk about it with somebody who says, hey, this is the directive God gave me. This is what I feel in my heart. This is the direction I'm moving in. I'm going to do something about it. You know, he took direction from God. He controlled his emotions and he moved forward. But keep in mind, that was not in the script for him. We read the Bible and sometimes I think we read it like a script, but we got to remember there was no script there. This wasn't a movie. We can make a movie of it, but that's not the script. This is what happened in somebody's life. When we look at movies with scripts, it's easy to see how these guys react, how their emotions are, and all these things. But that's what's demanded of them for the moment in an acting situation. They're pretending. What about for us on our everyday life? What does that look like? Are we willing to be like St. Joseph? Are we willing to say, hey, I'm going to get in control of my emotions. I'm not going to follow my own script. I would dare say that a good quote for me and a good image here as we close the show, of, what does this look like in action? St. Francis de Sales said this, nothing is so strong as gentleness and nothing is so gentle as real strength. What does this look like? I would dare compare masculinity to the idea of a fireman going to a burning building, having to use his strength to save the people out of the building. Imagine a fireman running into a building. It's dangerous. He's got to be strong. He's got to know what he's doing. He's got to use all his masculine traits to get there and shift over into those that feminine, that nurturing side of him to pick up that little kid who might be scared in a corner in the middle of the fire, start walking out and have the wherewithal to pick up, say it's a little girl and realize, hey, there's a little doll there and she's gonna need that. Picks up the little doll, takes, gives it to the little girl and gets the heck out of that fire. Imagine him coming out, holding that little child. She's crying. He had the, the idea, the idea to nurture her, bring her little doll out to get her out of that fire and use his strength to do it. That's the ultimate masculinity, using our strength and our nurturing all at the same time. And until next week, this is Dr. Sandoval saying, be a man and keep it Catholic.